0: Welcome to Real Talk with Stacey J, where we're empowering women to live their life on purpose with no limitations. Welcome to episode eight. And guys, this is a good one as well. I had the opportunity to meet this young lady at a conference. And we talked about her workshop that she's going to have coming up soon called I Love My Daughter But. Right. So if you're a mother. I uh, trust me. You know what I'm saying because kids can be a handful. Um, the dynamics of relationship with mother and daughter can be challenging. But I am welcoming Anne M. Diller to the show. Welcome, Anne.
1: Thank you, Stacey J. Thank you for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to be here with you today.
0: Yes, I told you we were going to do this, girl. And Anne <laughs> is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's an a educational trainer and a consultant. And one thing that... Um, well beside her beautiful spirit that led me to her was that she gave me a flyer and the flyer said I love my mother but and so I was like very interested because um, if you've listened to me on different platforms before I've spoken about um, me not having uh, the best relationship that I would, would want with my mom and I'm not saying it's bad I'm saying I've accepted it accepted it for what it is however we do have that kind of little strain in our relationship so i know i'm not the only one i know there's plenty of mothers out here that might be going through that as well as daughters so and tell us a little bit for your reason um to start the uh mother and daughter dynamic relationship conversation
1: well stacy this is like a taboo subject right because you're not supposed to talk about your mama. And you'll be anybody down who talk about your mama, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that's not a topic that we really talk about. Um, But the mother-daughter relationship, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it is way more than biological. Mm -hmm. And there's so much that goes into that relationship. Imagine this is the only person who you've shared heartbeats with. Mm -hmm. Only person. But then you're two different people. And sometimes that process really is really challenging. And, you know, mothers will say, well, I didn't have a a blueprint on how to raise you. I didn't have, you know, a guide or a manual on how to raise you. And so they, in most cases, I believe mothers did the best that they could But there are still different things that have happened in the relationship. And a lot of times if you, I work with a lot of teenagers, so a lot of times if you look at the teenage years, there's a lot of fractions that happen in that relationship. Yes. And if it's not able to be mended or you don't know how, you don't have the tools how, you grow up to be adults with a fractured mother-daughter relationship.
0: hmm yeah. Yeah. And, and it happens all the time. And and I think it's, you know, how they say two women in the house. And as girls sometimes get older, they start, as they say, smelling themselves. Um, they're getting their own personality in place. And sometimes it rears his ugly head against, you know, your your mom. And so one of the things that I know um, for a fact that it's hard to sometimes have these conversations with your mom, um, daughter, but also daughter to mother. You know what I mean? Because there really is no blueprint, but then there's the responsibility of learning how to uh, build a better relationship with your child. Now I know that for you yourself, um, we're plagued with sexual and physical abuse um, that contribute to self-esteem uh, issues and abandonment. Do you feel like those issues that may happen with teen girls um, and they don't share it with their parents is a contribution to their attitude being bad?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And if not, um, it, it's not necessarily that you might blame your mother for it, but because of the fractures in the relationship, if you're not able to talk with her or help have her guidance through that, you know, it it you don't feel protected, and then that trust is broken.
0: Yeah, I I and I I totally think that you know if we do take the time to sit down, and I know we're overworked, um, we're busy, you know, and then now people families are. Um, being a little bit more torn apart because you got the cell phones, you know, nobody's sitting at dinner and eating and, you know, and I'm guilty of when, you know, I was raising my kids, you know, you look back now and say, Hey, I wish I would have did some things differently. Um, and again, I had no, you know, the blueprint. And because if you look at how you may have been raised with, from your mom, you may make a change or you may kind of follow some of those footsteps. And so that now that you see the same thing reoccurring in your life with your children as your mother. So how do you suggest that they, we start the conversation to break that chain?
1: I think it's really really important. I um, just co-authored a book called Unchain My Legacy and in that I talked about what I wish I had known when I was 13 and the process for doing that was it was connecting with my daughter Mm-hmm. Because I you know, when, when I was growing up I'd say I'd say things like, I'd never do that to my children, I'd never do that to my children. Mm-hmm. But what the reality is is that without the proper skills, without the proper mentorship and guidance, you end up repeating those things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't even know you're repeating it until you see traces of yourself. In your children mm-hmm. and so in that chapter I talked about my relationship with my daughter and how I was never able to express myself emotionally and I created an environment where my daughter couldn't express herself emotionally mm-hmm. and I turned to food because food was the comfort and nobody really controlled how much of it I ate or what I did with it and I watched her go through that same cycle
0: yeah and then like, yeah. And like you said the legacy and I'm glad you mentioned that because I say that all the time is again we see how our parents whether it was a two family home or if it was just you with your dad or with your mom and then what you see and you become a sponge and you soak it up and then now you know now you have children and I, I was that and my mother used to I used to get whoopings all the time not because I was bad y'all but I mm-hmm. used to get whoopings and I'm like this is a little extra like she must be mad at somebody else but I said right. that I wouldn't never do my kids. I didn't say I wouldn't whoop them. I just said I would never do that in that capacity because I want them to feel love. I didn't feel love. I felt like I was being beat. You know, right. so I was like, I want them to feel love, So I wanted to make sure that they understood why they were being disciplined. But now I have a even different outlook now about whoopings. I'm not saying you shouldn't discipline your kids, but I think whooping is such a mentality that's been passed down generation to generation, especially in black families, um, which kind of makes you think back to slavery. It's like, OK, so they mm-hmm. whipped the uh, slaves to gain control. Um, And so now I'm thinking, was that something that could have been passed down through our ancestors where now whipping becomes the motivation to keep people in control. And now we kind of do it to our kids. So give me y'all. I'm not saying you don't, you don't, pop your kid or whatever you do Uh, don't beach kid but if you pop them or whatever but understand that what that may be the message that they're sending them and then also that because sending them when they become parents
1: that is so true and there's a whole different topic we could talk about the historical trauma that the the african-american family endures and how it informs the way we discipline and the lack of information that we have about what that does and the traumatic effects that we continue to perpetuate on our children mm-hmm.
0: and I know now I think it's more important too to get even more involved because now technology is raising our children um My kids are grown, thankfully, but they you know they were right at the little end of i mean well at the beginning of cell phones, like they didn't have cell phones um And for them, coming up in school and stuff. So, like, now, you know, kids have cell phones, they're using them in school, and and they're so addicted to them is that a lot of times it's soothing for the parent in a sense because, like, they're working, they're overstressed, they're moving around. Mm -hmm. So now the phones are and the technology is babysitting the kids. So if we don't want to create a world of... Um, non irresponsible, um, non communicative kids. Because I notice now, kids. A lot of kids don't know how to communicate because they're texting all the time, and we know how some of those texts come across. Like, what are you saying? So they exactly. they start to. Uh, communicate verbally like they text, like don't make sense. So what with the kids that are, uh, I guess, millennials now, what do you suggest for parents with grabbing a hole or noticing the signs that can help them have this conversation or have a talk or catch these incidents before they happen?
1: Well, I think it's really important that parents, you know, pay attention to, to those things. Um, the cell phone has really... Uh, not all, the cell phone is not a bad thing. It's really how you manage it and mm-hmm. the stipulations and guidance, guidelines that you put around it. Now, I have one friend, um, Stacy J., and what she does is when her kids get in the house, she takes their cell phones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She's like, this is a no cell phone zone. All you need is right here. But when they leave the house, she gives it to them. Mm -hmm. But I have kids who are going depression because their parents take their cell phones. Mm -hmm. And I think that you start out the right way. Know your child's um, password. That is so important. And I'm glad we're talking about this because this month is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. And there has been a rise in depression amongst our young people. And a rise in depression is a direct contributor to suicide. There's a rise in suicide amongst our young people. And I think we need to pay attention, pay attention to who they're on social media with. Pay attention because the cell phone can be a subliminal manipulator that's in your child's bedroom, oh, and you've right. opened them up and exposed them to the whole world. You yeah. you allow them to bring that into their bedroom where they have no more safety.
0: Yes, and I read. I was listening to a master class recently, and then, and it was a doctor. Um, and it's it, he was talking about social media and screens, and he was saying that um one of his um uh clients that he used to see went to another doctor um because her son was like depressed he was acting mm-hmm. up in school and all this stuff and so the doctor just said give him some you know medicine he gave him some depressive medicine and it's like uh. so when he sent him over to when they came over to the the doctor that they went to before he said hey let me try some things with your son and so he didn't he took him off the medicine and he said let's try staying off of uh the phone yes. the social media for a week he, he did a little improvement. Then he moved it to two weeks and so on and so forth. And then he noticed that there, it was like one hour a day for the first week, uh, two hours a day that you're kind of detaching and, you know, um, from being right. on it. The, mo- the moral of the story is, the more that he detached himself from the phone, the more he became more active in school. His grades started to rise because I know for a fact even as adults, you can look at the social media and be bombarded with, oh, they do doing this and oh my god they got money and they're driving this and I think for the youth it becomes a desire because most kids I want to be a rapper I want a lot of money I want this and that so when you Mm -hmm. see other kids portraying that life and then you look at your life then that's Mm -hmm. easily for you to get depressed and now because it's technology that's pushing that image out it's everywhere
1: it really is And and for kids the part of your brain to really rationalize that is not developed yet, so you become bombarded and overwhelmed with all that information, and it's not necessarily accurate information.
0: Yeah, and parents. I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm a parent. You know, uh, if I could have done some things differently, I would have. But my children are grown, so I have really no control of what they do with their phones. But when you just look at the world today, how they could be manipulated with these uh, stalkers and these pedophiles online, um, lying saying they're 16 when they're 25, and girls going to meet them and stuff. We gotta have this relationship at least enough with our kids where. We're knowing where they're going. We're knowing some of their friends. Um, You know, where where are you going to tell the police to go if something happens, if you don't know anything? So we have to, like, be more aware of this, not be um, afraid or just too busy to get in our kids' business because my mother was all in mind. We we didn't have cell phones then, so we had the phone where when she left, if she ain't want me on that phone, my mama took the phone off the wall and put it in her (laughs) room. You know, my mother said, don't watch TV. You know how she would come me and she would feel the tv to see if i actually you know i was like you know, mama you a really beast." Cool. but <laughs> i'm just saying whether if you go that extreme or not you right. we have to get more involved so that our kids may go oh my you crazy yeah but i'm gonna at least instill you're gonna see what i'm doing so that even if you feel you're gonna go the opposite way you'll remember some of the things that i've done and then think you know what that worked right. for me let me implement that in my child's life
1: And that's so true. And, 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 you know, when we're talking, we're not assuming that all mother-daughter relationships have fractures. Right, But there is always time of tension and friction and things like that. But um, to go back to your initial question of how do you start mending that and repairing that relationship, and in my book I talk about ten awarenesses, and I'm just going to give you a couple. Mm -hmm. The first one is to acknowledge that you've made mistakes as a parent. We spend so so much time trying to be perfect and portray this perfection that we miss out and we don't give our children permission to fail. Um, because of our own actions. So admitting that you've made mistakes as a parent.
0: Yeah, and
1: it's okay. And, uh, yeah, and it's it is okay. And, and the second one is really owning your own stuff without deflecting or blaming. So, you know, if I'm in a relationship with with their dad or my husband, I can't say, well, if I'm confronted by them about stuff, I can't say, I treat you this way because your dad this or mm-hmm. my mother this and stuff. No, it's my responsibilities, my actions. Mm-hmm. So just owning my own stuff without deflection is really, really important.
0: Yeah, stop blaming those babies because they look like they daddy, you know, whatever you got with him. That's what I'm
1: talking about. Yeah,
0: don't do don't do him like that. I mean, uh, you can't blame the kid. First of all, they we ne- none of us asked to be here. Even if you planned us, we still didn't ask. Um, but I think it's a ever uh, ever changing society, and that it's a conversation that needs to be had all the time on all levels from now until the end of time. Um, because people are scarred, people are hurt, yeah. and and had rough upbringings, and we sometimes perpetuate that on our kids so i definitely the book is called Unchain my legacy
1: you guys definitely
0: pick it up it's worth it you want to build a better relationship not even with your you know just your daughter your kids period but i know mothers and daughters just like fathers and sons, have that little you know bump in the road and that and bumping heads so definitely take the time to um get the book uh, find out what those steps are, you know, yes. and and just really, you know, dive into your kid's life a little bit, just gradually, you know, get them involved with what you're involved in, you know, um, exactly. show them the way so that, you know, when they get older, these are just little things that they might still remember and say, Hey, I remember my mom used to say this and do this. I'm going to try it. It worked.
1: Right. So, yes. Right. And you know, the, the book, they can get it at, um, from me, and they'll get a signed copy at www.annwithnoejustann.unchainedmylegacy.com. And for those who are listening, they can also join my Facebook group and get more information and more tips at building authentic mother-daughter relationships. It's Facebook building authentic mother-daughter relationships. It's a, it's, you don't have to pay to be in the group. And I give a lot of resources on building those relationships.
0: Awesome, awesome, guys. So definitely it is something that I think that every parent um, should join. And also I know that I see that you do a Facebook Live show called Teen Talk.
1: I do every Monday night at 8 p.m. And, oh, my gosh, we just had a dynamic show. I had a guest speaker on, and we were talking about um, depression in black males. It was amazing. Um, we, oh, yeah. We had a, um, a father and son couple was on and then uh, a doctor who specializes in treating black males. And um, it was an amazing, amazing. People should check it out. Um, and just it's, follow me on Facebook. It's Ann Dillard. It's Ann Dillard. And um, you can have access to that.
0: Well, thank you, Ann, because we really, really need this. And I, like I said, when I met you, it just, you know, really struck me because, um, you know, although my mom and I, we're, we're good. You know what I mean? We call each mm-hmm. other and all that. But I mm-hmm. know sometimes the time in between where, you know, you have to learn to forgive and you just, you know, mm-hmm. accepted yeah. how it is. And she did the best that she could. Let's try to shorten that gap. You know, yes. so that it's not 20 and 30 years and now you're just building a relationship with your mom or your daughter. Let's try right. to shorten that gap and make that happen today, guys. So, and tell them one more time how to follow you and how to get the book.
1: Okay, you can get the book at www.ann, That's www.ann.unchainmylegacy.com. You can follow me on Facebook at Ann Dillard, D-I-L-L-A-R-D. And you can join my Facebook group at Building Authentic Mother-Daughter Relationships.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And so much for that knowledge today. And guys, this is what I'm bringing you. I'm bringing you real conversations, real talk. We got to learn how to live our life more abundantly. And that is from every area from personal, professional, spiritual, emotional, all that good stuff. So thank you all for tuning in. You can always find me on social media at real talk, Stacey J on Instagram, real talk with Stacey J on Facebook. And if you want to connect with me on my website, it is live 360. Five empowerment.com. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Until then, stay purposeful.